Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Yeo, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series, where every single day for the month of February, I interview another amazing Black woman from all different walks of life. And so today, I am so excited to have Sharon Lee Williams, who's an artist, care coach, and author. It's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Sharon Lee, how are you? Hi, Laura. I am good, great, awesome, feeling fabulous, and um, glad to be here. So, yes. I'm delighted to have you on the show, finally. So, first question, always the same. And she's always hilarious, and I'm sure she'll be no different. So, Sharon Lee, what was your first job? Uh, My first nine-to-five job. Now, y'all can look it up. I was a key punch operator. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. <laughs> key punch operator, we'd use it uh, for those people who don't know. We used to punch, like the programmers would come to our desk and they had these cards that had these, uh, you know, coding holes in them. And we would punch all the inv- or key in all the information and then the programmers would take it and put it in the large computers. Now we're going back to 1968. Somewhere in there. So wow, <laughs> that was my first job, and I loved it actually. So, uh, how does one even get that job? Uh, well, my story. I'll give you a little background history. I um I had come out of the foster care system and had aged out around sixteen years of age. And uh, with a few other struggles and whatever, whatever, finally went to uh, the children's aid and, and said, OK, I, I want to get a job and I think I'd like to be a key punch operator. It was either a court stenographer or a key punch operator. And uh, so they gave me, fronted me some money, which I paid back and um I applied, and this is in Montreal, by the way, uh, Montreal, Canada, and uh, I got the job. So, and I was in a room with probably 150 women or so. I would say, was that? Wow! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have those machines anymore. Those big, you know, rooms where they have those huge. Um, yeah, those huge machines that you had to feed. Now everything is so small and contained. Digitized and all that stuff. Yeah, so I'd come out of school. That's basically it. I have no uh, university background or college background. I'm high school. And um, it was uh, just the struggle to to pull myself together to get a job. So I was very happy when I did get a job, uh, you know, to pay for apartment and food and life and all that. Everything in between. Mm-hmm. So from being a key punch operator to where you are now, what's mm-hmm. that career journey been like? Well, I went from being a key punch operator. Then I was a manager in another um, a center, uh and then they had these auditions for this Broadway show, which was coming up in Montreal, and it was Hair. Uh, and my friend had said, oh, okay, I'm, she was auditioning for it. And she said, oh, you know, you got to audition for this show. Come on. And, you know, I said, ah, 
I don't sing well enough to do that. But long story short, I auditioned. I got that job as well. Awesome. (laughs) uh, Even though you thought you couldn't do it. (laughs) Well, I couldn't do it. I was, I don't even know how old I was, 19, perhaps, 18 or 19. Um, You know, all those doubts and insecurities. And again, coming out of the foster care system, not, not having any belief in myself. So it was, and I was also engaged in it at the time, but, um, so that's how I got into show business, I guess, for, that's been my career. That's where I made my money and where I've made my money and, um, had a wonderful life in that, a wonderful career in that. And now tell us some stories. (laughs) Well, there's no real stories to tell that I would tell, but, um, the, you know, hair, uh, hair was an, an eye opener for me because hair was about the, uh, Vietnam war and, uh, you know, young people resisting that and some going and some, but the biggest thing about that, there was a nude scene in hair <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't mandatory, but it was suggested that you do this nude scene. And that was like, oh, okay. So when I finally, two weeks into the show, decided, okay, I'm going to do, if I believe in this show and I believe in what I'm doing, you know, being very principled and ethical, I'm going to, I believe in this show. <laughs> and I did the nude scene. And I have to say it was a very freeing moment. Very, very big moment. But when you get family, you know, my foster family came down to see it. And, I, you know, my mother kind of knew, she knew there was a nude scene. But, you know, when you have family night, but she did not expect that I would do it because it's family night. All these parents had come and, you know, aunts and uncles and friends. And I could see I was doing the lead. And I remember her coming. And when the scene came up and. I was dead center. Her face dropped. Just dropped. I can imagine. Oh my goodness. But hey. But it was good. It was it was uh it did free me from, you know, a kind of a body image and um yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're performing nude in the hair and so like for how many how for how many plays shows like we, I want, I want the details, Sharon. Like, <laughs> after that, well, after that, um, so the, I was taken. I had a, a short stint. I went to Broadway. The producers took me to Broadway, New York, and I decided at some point that I didn't want to stay in New York, so I went back to Toronto much to the chagrin of many, many people said, what do you mean you're not doing Broadway? I just uh, took a pass on that. But um, yeah, it, um, the shows, the, the, you know, I have to say the nude scene was a small part of the show. Uh, the music was fantastic. And we were taken down by, a crisis in Quebec at that time before this is before I went to um, Broadway and um, then I was in Toronto then I'm sorry I might be skipping all over the place because 
the memory. I mean, you know, I'm in my seventh decade of life. That is my reasoning. <laughs> um, no problem whatsoever. Go for it. Uh, so I uh, went to Toronto and became what they call a jingle queen. Started off as a jingle princess into a jingle queen, doing a lot of jingles and session work and voiceover and, um, um, you know, uh, just background stuff and lead stuff. Uh, uh, Worked with a lot of wonderful, fabulous artists. And um, I guess that's it. Um, you know, (laughs) I won't tell you all the stories about who did what, 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 and who, what. Oh, (laughs) no, no fun. Fine. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, remember, this was the 70s, so. I mean, this was the 70s, so y'all were having a good old time. Um, (laughs) Your your lips are sealed. I get it. I get it. So, um, how did you get to become a care coach? Well, that's what I'm naming myself now because I haven't really, you know, I I like the idea of a care coach. I started in 20, probably 2016, but really I was into self-help or uh, self-actualization, whatever you want to call it, uh, way back in probably the early 90s. And um, so that's when I really started my journey with that, wanting to, you know, be a better version of myself, wanting to understand more. And uh, finally, in 2019, I guess I, I'm a graduate of, um, of coaching and facilitation. But before that, I also had a business as a performance coach. Uh, so I did that, which was great. I love that. And that was, I worked with a lot of entertainers and speakers who were nervous about going on stage and how to hold a microphone and uh, just how to be comfortable. Um, but it also, you know, you have to work with the psyche. You're going into the psychology of all of that. So that was great. And I think that's part of why I did the the coaching, uh, the care coaching, you know, the other dimension of, of uh, coaching, just to get stronger. Um, yeah, to, to get stronger in that whole coaching uh, creation. And also, which leads me into what I'm doing now, and I've been working on a program um, called Outraised, and that's O-U-T-R-A-I-S-E-D, uh, and it's for young women who have been raised outside their family of origin and really directed towards uh, young women of color at the moment, uh, aging out of foster care or who have aged out of foster care between the ages of 19 and 30. So you're caught up with that, except for the book. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Oh, you got a, you've got a book coming too. Got a book. Uh, so tell me, got a book. Let's hear about the book. Uh, the book is really a memoir, but it's also to support the foster care because, again, it's about my life as uh, being 
uh, not so much about my life as a musician, but um, growing out of the foster care, um, I guess all the things that held me back, the things, the success I had and how I applied uh, forgiveness uh, to everything I did and how I overcame certain things. And hopefully it'll be really helpful to not just uh, young women in foster care, but also to the the people who work with them, especially young women of color. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Oh, awesome. Uh, Incredible. And so what's one... What's maybe one or two things you you hope that you want to convey to the young folks who um, who are aging out of foster care right now? Um, I want to convey. I want them. You know, I'd like to see them dream again, to have joy again, and to know that your past is not. And we've all heard this: your past does not define your future. Um. So. There are possibilities out there that they should reach for, and you know that's that. Uh, yeah, I guess understanding that their past doesn't really define their future. It is past, and in terms of my past, it has made me more resilient. So your past can make you resilient, and you can grow and forgive, and and you are not alone. All, all of those things. Awesome. You know, looking back on all the incredible work that you've done over the years, what do you think you'd tell 25-year-old Charlie? My 25-year-old? Ah, my 25-year-old. Um, I think I would have, I think I would tell my 25-year-old to 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 open those doors, to walk through the doors, to say yes, to trust, trust more, trust myself more, and find a a doggone mentor. (laughs) (laughs) To find a mentor. (laughs) A mentor. <laughs> that would have oh, been. I get it. That would have been, been super helpful. That would have been really helpful. It might have shortened the learning and the uh, growth, but I'm okay with who I am as well now. But I would have liked that. A mentor would have been great. And you know, you know, thinking about like you know, looking back on that now and all the kind of ups downs and rounds you had to deal with. You know, talk to me about a time where you're like, okay, I'm never going to get through this. And then you did. Mm-hmm. Talk about the, 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 the family situation. Anything you want, any challenge, any challenge along the way, career-wise, family, anything you want. Well, you know, when I was in the foster care system, I guess, I had such a deep hole you know, such a deep 
vacancy in there that said, you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't my mother want me? You know, here's a woman who carried me for nineteen or oh, nineteen months of oh God, hell no, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> We're not elephants. Um, nine months and gave me up at birth. So it, I spent a lot of time kind of being angry with her and angry with myself for, you know, as a young kid, you think, okay, you're not valuable, you're not worth it, I must have done something wrong, but how could a baby that popped out do something wrong? But I went on a quest to find, to meet both my a biological mother and father. And that happened when I was 31 years old. And I didn't have the expectation that she might want to talk to me or, you know, especially um, the mother. I didn't know if she would want to have a conversation or meet up with me. Uh, but it happened. I discovered she was living in Toronto, where I was at that time. And we met up. But the first thing I remember saying to her, you know, I'm I'm not a drug addict. I'm successful. I, I have a television show. Um, I make my own money. Don't worry. I'm not coming at you for something. I remember saying that to her on the phone because uh, she was concerned. I can hear that, you know, why are you calling me? You're 31 years old. And how did you find me and all that stuff? But fortunately, we we got together and she became part of my life uh, for the rest of her life um, when she passed, I guess, you know, six years ago, as did my uh, biological father. So it that gap, that hole for me was closed, you know, that that challenge for me like what was the hole was closed and they both became I wouldn't say friends but not parents but just they were in my life until they both passed they weren't together and um, I feel very blessed to have had that happen because so many kids don't don't have that or have really negative results you know where the parent says don't call me hang up the phone you can't reach me all that stuff i mean, i feel very blessed that i was able to uh, accomplish that so wow it's amazing and thank you so much for sharing that you know you know obviously you work with a lot of folks and you put out so much good in the world so what do you do for your self care uh i shop <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would like to tell you that I'm, you know, <laughs> but I, myself, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that quite well. Same here. Same yeah, here. I do like that. It tends to calm me down. Um, self-care. I, I have a lot of quiet time. I read. And self-care is my music when I decide when I'm writing a song. That's a lot of self-care. But really it's about just family or my partner or, um, yeah, those are, those. Are, I work out. Um, that's my self-care. I pray. 
Yeah, those are my, and I go out to dinner. I, I lead a simple life, I would say. <laughs> That's my self-care, lead a simple life. Don't get too complicated and uh, eat well. I appreciate that one. I mean, I appreciate the shopping and the eating well. Because those are those are in my buckets as well. <laughs> when it when in doubt, you know, going out and treating yourself to something, whether it be an ice cream cone, like you know, a, a really good cocktail, or just a little a little something for yourself, a little tchotchke, just helps you make, helps you feel a little better, especially when you're having like a rough day. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. Oh, yeah. And any day, you know, some days are just fabulous. You wake up and the world is just joyous. I do wake up pretty joyous. But sometimes, you know, the days can go, things aren't going your way. And you have to kind of pivot and turn stuff around. But sometimes just a little, (laughs) I don't know, a little shopping can help. Or looking at things, pretty things, maybe not shopping. I just do just to oh, no, not backtrack shopping. That's not backtrack shopping. Yeah. <laughs> shopping, clearing the mind and just pretty prettiness. I like prettiness. So sounds good to me. And so uh, last question for you. Uh do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Well, I would love if you check out uh, the program, if you think you have anybody interested in the programs, because there are programs on Outraise, and my uh, website is Sharon Lee Williams, so yeah, SharonLeeWilliams.ca. Um, so that's S-H-A-R-O-N-L-E-E, Williams.ca. So if you know of anybody in... Uh, who would be interested in taking a program or in a circle? There are free things. We're working on new things. I'd love, I'd love for people to check that out. And um, of course, when the book comes out, please, you know, again, it's for anybody you know uh, who's been in in care or who might be able to use any of these programs. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Oh my gosh, Shirley, you have such a such a remarkable life and story. And it's just I'm so glad I got to get you share a little bit of it uh, with our audience today. Thank you so very much. And we'll put all the details in the show notes for folks to connect with you and make sure remember mine says CA because you're in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that uh, so that folks can reach out to you. So thank you so much for being part of 29 Days of Magic. Well, thank you, Laura. You superwoman, Laura. Let me call you superwoman, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Aww, thanks so much. Yeah, you um, awesome. Thanks so much. And that is our show.